0: theyeshiva.net Good morning, everybody. We're holding Reish Lamed Ches, page Reish Lamed Ches, in the mimer of Heichalzu, Tesvav. Chapter 15. So the last point we learned last year, was Thursday, that both, when I have, when I, Some people have a nature, they're more naturally happy-oriented. They're more oriented towards gaiety, towards simcha. Some people by nature are more uh, introspective and serious and a little more heavy. It has to do with nature, it has to do with, it's called mara levein, mara shchayra. It has to do obviously with nature, with nurture. And in Avodah Hashem, there's also two streams, he says. Just focusing on challenging myself, on, on feeling the pain of that which needs healing. And then there's the focus on, on the beauty and on the closeness and on the opportunity and on the gift. And he says in both situations, you have to be careful and be aware of the prison and the trap of Yeshus, the trap in the prison of being disconnected and using all of these emotions as a coping mechanism to cover over for the disconnection. And therefore, you sometimes see a person who in terms of his own life, he's very humble and introspective, but the moment I see in you something that triggers me, it's very hard for me to deal with it. Because my humility is not genuine, I mean, it's everything is genuine in its own way. It's coming to protect something, but it's humility. that's not. It's not worked out. It's uh, it's a way of dealing um, with my own sense of separateness. We explained it at length, and he finished off quoting the Radak that kina la that a hatred that comes because of jealousy. It's very, very hard to fix. Because your existence bothers me, your existence, your success. So now he continues. Even though we know that there is a virtue in kina, we call it envy or jealousy, spiritually, it's the jealousy, the competitiveness of scribes, of sages, that increases wisdom. I look at you and I see your motivation, I see your success, I see your achievements, and I want to emulate, I want to learn from you. Sometimes it brings out good things in people. Kina you look at somebody else and you see what they accomplish, you see how they live, and it motivates me. No, it's not a bad thing. The Medrash says in Parchets it says that Rachel was jealous of her sister. Rashi quotes it. it she was, was jealous of her sister. She was jealous of her Ma'asam of her goodness, her good deeds. And Chazal say, that's not a bad kinah. You know, somebody says, you know, I'm jealous, I'm jealous of you. I look at you and it, 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 it's inspirational. That's, jealousy is inspirational. The Pesach says in Mishlei, Proverbs chapter 23, Don't be jealous, don't let your heart become envious of sinners, but only of Yiras Hashem. When you see somebody, and they have true Yiras Hashem, oh, now you could let your heart become jealous. <laughs> Say, ah, I would like to have that. He says, "Yes, that's all true. Jealousy is sometimes a beautiful thing." But there's one condition: <laughs> It's the goal that you're searching. There's something good you see. A person is engaged in masa of good deed. Or chachma, wisdom, perception. So I would love that. I would love to acquire that. So a person is jealous. Somebody who professes this. What's the point? It's a motivation for me to work towards these types of goals. Until a person can also achieve some of this or this. So this is a type of jealousy that's actually a noble jealousy. It's learning from people. It's allowing people to inspire you. Instead of putting them down, <laughs> instead of showing, no, they're really corrupt, they're egotistical, they're narcissistic. They're just, learn, I want to learn from you. I'm jealous in a good way. Like, wow, this is something special. And I, therefore, what do I do? I try... To work towards such a type of thing that you can never copy anybody else. It's not about copying somebody, but learning from people. Every person has to internalize it in their own way. Every person has their own blessings, their own challenges, their own gifts, their own opportunities, their own IQ, their own EQ. That's not a question. But I could still learn from somebody, and it can inspire me in my own way, in my own life. Obviously, I can't copy somebody else. We can't clone each other. We're not supposed to be clones of each other. But we're supposed to learn from each other. It says, Jealousy, and here here the jealousy is in a, in a positive sense. Touches you in a very deep place. We know that jealousy generally touches people in a deep place. But here it's in a positive sense. You want to learn from good things you're seeing. So it helps a person actualize deeper faculties, more concealed powers in the soul until you could reach great heights. Because every person has what's called koyches hana'alamim. Koyches means concealed powers. We all have it. I may never access it. I may never know about it. I may never tune into it. And different experiences in life help you accentuate those koyches. Or If not, they just remain dormant. They're there, but they remain nelam. Nelam means they remain secretive. They remain concealed. You never, ever bring them out to the fore. How much brain power do we use from our brain? How much brain power do people use over their lifetime? 4%? 5%? 6%? So you're talking about a brain, and a person lives for many years, and they use 5% of its capacity. So now you understand how much the kaychas and alamim are. You're not talking about uh, from 99 you get to 100. You're talking about, it's incredible what people's kaychas are. But I don't know about it. I don't know about it. It's hard to know about it. So there's different experiences, he says. Here, this can really, it it can bring it out in you. It can bring it out in you, if it touches you. It's explained elsewhere. It's explained elsewhere. The power of an Ur er that's called er chayzer. in Kabbalah there's something called Ur er Yasha and er chayzer. Yasha is a direct light, and er chayzer is like the rebound, that which returns. You know, when the ball bounces off the the, the wall, it has a whole new momentum. The Urchaizha er maybe yasha. Ah reflected that which is reflected back to me it could sometimes bring out deeper parts in me than the direct light in other words just the awareness that comes from myself the awareness that comes from you you know the feedback you get from your spouse the feedback you get from your children the feedback you get from other people relationships they can bring out something well I know it all by myself you know it by yourself that's called er-yasha. But yasha the but the rebound is always much more powerful because it comes back like with, uh, with uh, you know, you throw the ball. Then when the ball, when they're playing handball, right? So the connoisseurs of this particular sport will explain to you that there's the momentum that you create with the racket. But then what happens as a result of the wall is a whole new, a whole new, a whole new energy in the game. That's a muscle, a physical metaphor for the ur The same is true with people. There's what I bring in, and then there's the feedback I get from you. I can't expect that. Because I don't know how you're going to respond. That's the er archais, and it goes much deeper. It's a very interesting thing. We learned about this once in the Maim of Hillel. We learned in the three weeks then, a few years ago. This is also true when it comes to kine, jealousy. I don't know if even the right translation is jealousy here. I'm not sure it's the right translation. I don't have another word. But. in other words, the type of envy that relates to holiness. The This is because the person is looking, he's desiring the good. There's another type of jealousy. I'm jealous of you. That's a whole different in you. So don't confuse the two things. There's, I'm jealous of something that you're involved in, something you achieved, a quality that I see that really touches me, it inspires me. That's a beautiful thing. Rachel was jealous of her sister. So we have sources for that in Torah. Three sources he brings, but that's all. There's something that you have gained, you have achieved, you have worked on, and it touches me. It inspires me. Huh? so loy Yeah, so loy and halacha is. That there's something that you have. That's an example for the second thing. There's something that you have, like the Torah says. You have a house, you have a wife, you have a, a property, whatever it is. And I uh, and I want it. And I start planning of how to how to get it out of you, how to how to wrestle it from you. <laughs> so the Torah says loy right? It's a type of chimud that. The person begins to plan how to do it, how to pressure you to sell it to me or, or manipulate you or get it out of you. Yeah, so that's the definition of loy sachmed in halacha that Rambam explains. Now, here you can see the difference between something physical and something spiritual. From I'm jealous of your house or your private plane or your private yacht, your private yacht, your private plane, <laughs> we got the right person. Bezer Hashem ain't tug. <laughs> <laughs> so that, it's either you have it or I have it, right? Physicality, physical items, it's called a zero-sum game. If you have it, I can't have it. When it comes to Kedusha, what you have, I can also have. Chachma, Masim Toivim, MS, Fakert. One person having it helps another person having it. It's like lighting a candle from a candle. Madlik ner It says, When you light a candle from another candle, it's not like you need to extinguish the first candle to have the second candle. On the contrary, if you extinguish the first candle, you don't have the second candle. So it's a whole different type of jealousy. So the jealousy with physical things is always a jealousy from you. It's a jealousy from you because I want it. The jealousy of ruchni of, of is not from you. I'm not going to have more of it if you don't have it. On the contrary, these are things that there's plenty to go around. And the more it goes around, the more there is in the world, the more everybody gets from it. If I am be a light, I have more light. And there's more light in the world, etc. So it's a whole different type, it's a whole different model. But sometimes a person is not interested. He's not looking for this. I can't stand that you have this. That's what's bothering me. And that's why I loathe you. This is a difficult, a difficult condition. It's a very. Uh, Emotionally, it's a difficult place to be in. Because the person is in a place of yeshes, as we explained, was put in a place of yeshes, that I am, in, a, in my own perception, I'm very separate from my own source. And therefore, I'm extremely weak. And that weakness comes out, either in humility or in arrogance. And sometimes in hatred and jealousy. You are a contradiction to me. You're a it's not I hate you, it's I hate me. <laughs> and therefore I hate you. You're a contradiction to me. <laughs> and that's what you'll see sometimes as a person. The more somebody's an Ovid Hashem, the more he hates him. When it comes to very simple people, he'll show love and he'll even show connection. He deceives himself. Look how humble I am. People are very simple and needy, and very nice. Somebody has uh, stature; he goes crazy from him. So he says, "Look, I'm a humble person." They don't threaten him. He t- <laughs> he gets he really dissects people here. He's not, they don't threaten him. So I'm I'm very nice. I'm very, very nice and giving. He says, People that don't threaten you. Why don't they don't threaten me? Because it doesn't look like they have some Mila that speaks to me. But somebody else, I feel that it undermines me. He says, in his own mind, because he's very humble. He's talking here to a person who's involved in Avodah Hashem. So anybody who's in the same frequency, uh, uh, the same uh, mailah, so he's menaged. he opposes my yeshus, my sense of being, because my sense of being is based on separateness from aint That's the difference of Bittl and Yeshus. Bittl is that I really exist because I'm connected to the source of existence. Yeshus is I create a compensation for my existence through being separate, and that's where I need my Yeshus, and that's why this person threatens me, he opposes me. You see a very simple, simple people but they're not uh, simple yeah, I'm good with them. Say so you have to love Jews. And somebody who's more arrogant, more grub, more brute, and more yes. Sometimes it's even more. By being nice to them, it feeds his insecurity. Because sins, he's an elevated person, so to speak, and they're low. So therefore, they're full of respect. or They cherish and hold on to every word. So it helps him build this sense of fakeness, fake ego and insecurity. But somebody who's in the same field doesn't have that bitl to me. So it's very hard for me. Huh? Also, yeah, yeah. I have this example sometimes, and it's not an easy thing. Sometimes you'll have uh, a therapist, a mashpia, a rabbi, a teacher, a mentor. And he'll take somebody out of the mud. And he's so nice and gentle to him and, and really helps him. And then the person grows and grows and becomes a personality. And he doesn't like him anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Huh? Now he could become dismissive and abusive. and, and the, What happened? What happened? As long as you were a shmata and you knew it and you are completely subservient to me, now you're my protege. You're my, my, my favorite. I take care of you, but I'm completely in control. The moment you, uh, it happens sometimes also with Bali Chuva. I'm sorry to say this, I'm just, uh, you see it happening. You have to know about these things. So we have somebody, he makes somebody about Shuva and takes care of him and takes care of her and really to, you know, they come, huh? They become very dependent. And then as they grow, and they may actually have, you know, they may actually have talents and skills that are much greater than the other person. In their own way, everyone has their own thing. And suddenly you sometimes see that he's almost threatened by them. Like, you dare be independent? Oh, you're thinking on your own? And sometimes people subconsciously create a manipulation that you always have to be dependent on me. You have to tell me before you go to the dentist, right? Because I have to tell you when to go to the dentist because I know your teeth very well. And before you buy a hat, and where you're going for Pesach, what do you have to tell me? You don't have to tell <laughs> And it, it works both ways. Sometimes the macabre doesn't know better. He, he remains dependent because this is like my deity, so these are all things we have to be careful of. As long as you were a to mensh, no problem. I'm unbelievable with you. I'm so humble. I go down. I go down to the gutters. I go down. I go down to the to the projects. I go down to the you know places that nobody else goes down to. But he says, but what is it really feeding? Sometimes it's really feeding something inside of me that is not worked out. Sometimes with children it's true. When your kids are cute and very little, right? It's very easy to love them. Then they get older. <laughs> they become independent, they have their own opinions. It's not so simple. A lot of parents, we're not always honest about it, but a lot of parents struggle with this. This kid you would die for you. You you saw him, he came into the house and he was everything. It's just a few years later. Now he's bigger than you. <laughs> he may even be stronger than you. He certainly has his own opinions. Right? And suddenly you're feeling threatened. See this in the workplace as well. You mean as you rise in the office? Your manager, yeah. Mentors, they get threat- almost get threatened by you. It's like, as long as I was a rag and a doormat, you were in love with me. You gave me everything. You gave me time and money and resources and energy and attention. Now, it's not chas v'shalem to knock all the goodness that people do. It's just to be self-aware. He says, realize that with people who are in a much lower space, at least in your perception, you're so humble. But the moment they go out of that bracket, now suddenly I don't feel comfortable. Either I continue, I need to keep you down, and if you really become independent, I detach. What is that? What is that? This is something I have to look at. This is something internal. And people have to know this. Sometimes I see bali they become very uh, insecure. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, did I do something terrible to hurt him? You didn't do anything wrong. What you did wrong was, you have an opinion. That's terrible. But usually if the giving is about the other person, so then uh, you, could, you could look at that. And there's probably other places a person could give. <laughs> right, so that's why it's always important when you mentor people, when you inspire people, when you lead people, to always tell them, you know, this is always about you becoming the person you're supposed to become. Shalheves <laughs> me You want to train not followers, you want to train leaders. Because then those leaders, those followers become leaders. And the only way you could train leaders is if you let go. If you allow them to experiment, if you allow them to flex their muscles, if you allow them to to grow on every level. You could see it from nature. Hashem made the world. A mother bird, right, lays eggs, and then the eggs hatch, and all these little cute chicks come out. So she lets them be there for a few weeks, maybe for a few months, and with Messias Nefer, she goes every day, or, her, or the father goes every day and brings food. And it's not easy. And through thick and thin, they protect the nest from vultures and from predators and from storms and from hurricanes. And they do everything. And then comes the day, the chicks grow wings, and mommy says, Arais Vayishlach! Vayetze! Vayishlach! Aros! Boom! But there's a cliff. There's a cliff. It's very scary. Right? But she encourages all of them to go and uh, go find their life. Why? Because if not, there's no continuity. It doesn't continue. They stay in the nest, they're nurtured their whole life. So here you see how Hashem made the world. You have to acquire wings. But once you acquire wings, go fly. Don't stay in my nest. Go fly, make your own, build your own family. That's how it is. That's Okay, here, abbreviation. Milah Akina de Kedusha. We spoke about the milah of Kino of Kedusha, which is not jealous of a person. It's rather, I'm inspired by his actions or her actions or their wisdom or their sensitivity or their love. And I want to learn from it and therefore it motivates me and that's a good thing, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Versus jealousy, where the person I can't stand, fakert, if the person wouldn't have this, I would be able to stand them. I can't stand you because of your success. Somehow, I feel it competes with me, it takes something away from me. And that's because of my own internal sense of separateness from Hashem. yeshus goyrem is sinu bar The yeshus causes hatred even more to somebody who has. Great milest, great virtues. While at the same time, I can have so much love to very, very simple people. And we explain the reason. Everything we spoke during these first 15 chapters. It can all be explained. Gasus means in a very, very brute way, and Dakus means in a very fine way. Now, everything we spoke about can be applied in a completely different ways. Gasus, gas thick, dense, grub. In other words, sometimes it's very brute, it's very concrete. And dakus is fine, daka min adaka, edel, in a very edel way. So, when you say the word bittl, the word yeshis, you can talk about it in endless different ways. How it's expressed. Sometimes it's a very, very subtle, very, very fine. And if you're not very sensitive and self-aware, it's not even an issue. You know what I mean? Like some people have a more sensitive body, and certain foods will damage them. Other people, yeah, their bodies are more gas. You, you, you know what I mean? They can, they can eat everything. No different. Some people, the very idle, yeah? They eat one piece of cake in the morning, and they're in a bad mood for 10 hours. Another person, right? He can eat a whole seven layer and like, nagava He doesn't even know he ate it. It was as a uh, when he took a coffee here in the back. He doesn't realize. So it's not a jun. Just you have to know who you are. Every Indian you have bagasas, very very clear, explicit. You know grub grub giret. and you have bedakos, very idle. Kol echad Hashem is not made of one fabric, one color. Every person, according to his or her state in avoyda, madrega, where their step is. Sometimes something could be so bedakos, so fine, that you're not even aware of it. You're not conscious. You don't feel it. But it's there. And it impacts me, but it's concealed. Sometimes I read, I hear these things, and I say, I'm not part of this. But I am part of it. It's just bedak. So in avoid in life, Sometimes we have to realize that there could be something that's very blatant. It's bagassos. Sometimes it's not blatant. It's subtle. It sits inside of me. It impacts me. But I'm not fully aware of it. And I could say this has no connection to me. But it really does. It's just more concealed. <laughs> הגם ליאר said אק Pratt ל'ו אק שושבאים Shi Prat ושלחם ומידר'א אחר ו'ש Pratt אחר. מ'שאכין סינאס חינום שוש קלל ה'הקלל קלוס אסיטר אחר. ש'וינית פידוד via שחקל קושו מוקרו וסיברס קול vu haypechum enagadly קלוס ש'המ'ה via קנאל ו'המ'ה ש'ה is boyer. lasays מ'יש חוסל ו'נפש ו'שלי תיר ב'תחקל ב'ו סיטר אחר. ו'ל'ייפול ב'מ'דיס רואיס ח'ס פ'שומ ק'מ יאסס Ah. So he says as follows. We explained in the beginning of the Maimir, if you remember, that there's the seven nations that the Jewish people had to conquer to go into Eretz throne. The Knani, the Chiti, Prizi, Remember, he said those are the seven Midas. Why seven nations? They represent spiritually the conquering and the dealing of the seven Midas of the animal consciousness. Each one is a mida protest. It's an individual Midas. Chesed, Gvurit, Aferis, Netzach, Chet, said Malchus. Midian is not one of them. But Midian is the only one that Moshe Rabbeinu says, Nikmas Hashem B'Midian. It's the Necomah, the vengeance of Havaya, Yutke Vofke against Midian. So he explained why. Because the seven nations represent the seven individual middas. Midian is not one of them. But Midian, in a way, is at the root. It's at the core, it's at the source. Because it's rooted in the very experience of Yeshus. That the person essentially is broken. What do we mean broken? Broken means I'm disconnected in my own perception. You're never really disconnected. But in my own perception, I'm disconnected from the oneness of infinity, the oneness of Hashem. All the Middah Yisroi feed from that. Therefore, I need a different type of, I need a certain type of love, and I need certain types of strength, and I need certain types of connections. All of it is fueled from Midian. Midian comes from the word modern, which means strife, quarreling dispute, hatred, animosity. So it's not one midah. In a way, it's the source for all the midahs. All the midahs feed off that. That's why it's not one of the seven. But it's nikmas hava'ya b'midyan. He said it's menaget to the very shame hava'ya, like he said earlier, and he's going to explain still this. He's going to explain. So he says this. When you have one midah, that's a midah protest, it's an individual midah, so a prat is not doyme to the klaw. A detail is not the same like the whole klaw, like the general issue that encompasses all the details. Because first of all, it's not so strong, it's just a prat, it's a detail. Second of all, because it's a prat, so therefore it doesn't mean from this midah you're going to come to another negative midah, not necessarily. This is a self-contained midah, because it's only one prat. But sinas chinam, because it's the kalal of sitra achare, because it goes into the, to the DNA, it's connected to the general theme of akhira which is separateness, separateness from yourself, separateness from others, separateness from life. And therefore, it's the source of all the midas. So now, it's not a prat, it's a clown Sometimes you're dealing with an issue that's one prat. It's a detail in life. Sometimes you're dealing with an issue that actually what we call the etsum the DNA, the klal, that affects so many other things. Like when somebody comes to fixing the house, sometimes they're dealing with a detail, you know? The pipe has an issue. And sometimes they reveal it's not one pipe. This is The whole the whole source has here an issue. But mainly the pipe is also affected. So first of all, it's much more intense. And second of all, no such a thing, it's only one mid, it's not another mid. If you're dealing with the cloud, it's going to affect all of the mids. So therefore he says... Somebody who's sensitive to their soul, we need to do what's called b'dikas chametz lechapis acharchipus. He uses the word lechapis to search and search well in all of the churin and zdan, the holes and the cracks, like it says by b'dikas chametz in Pesachim. They have to be b'dik but you need a candle. Which candle? hashem Nishmasadam. It says in Mishlei that the candle of Hashem is the neshama of a person. The soul of a person is the light, it's the flame of Hashem. You can't just be by the without a Neir Hashem. You know why? Because Bdikas chametz can also be done with yeshus. Sometimes the worst. You go into a place of self-loathing and self-hatred and self-judgment... And it's the worst form of yeshes in the sense that everything is bad I'm, I'm horrible and horrible. It's another coping mechanism where you detach from life and you're the worst thing who ever existed, that ever existed in the world. You're the monster of history. You have to be very careful with that. Like he said earlier, bittel can also be very, very, very uh, dysfunctional. So you always need Neid Hashem Nishmas Adam. You, could, you have to check for the idea, but only with the light of the Nishama. The light of the neshama, the neir, has to guard. This explains also halachically: you need a candle. We have flashlights. Thomas Edison put put on. Okay, the Gemara didn't have; they didn't have lights in the house, so you had a neir, right? But today you have lights and a tarum with candles and this. But the truth is, now we understand: if the halacha is a from the spiritual halacha, you can't just be by You need the neir, Hashem Nishma you need the nair of the Neshama to be by the chametz, to be able to see the chametz. It's interesting also, the beginning of Masechus Psachim, the opening of the Masechus, that's how it starts off. So the Gemara's first question is, my Ur, er? what's Ur? Er? What does er Lar mean? And it's a mechleik is there. Ur er nighi, er leili, does Ur er mean by day? Because Ur er is light. So er Lar Bar means the light of our Bar the day of our ba'asar. And the Gemara, you would think it would be a five line question, a ten line question. The Gemara doesn't stop. It goes daf, daf beiz, daf gimel, <laughs> almost two dafim to analyze the word oir. Every possek and tamach that's connected to the word oir is brought up for a conversation. This way, that way, this way, that way, this way, this way that way, until after two dafim and more, the Gemara says oir means night. <laughs> Doesn't mean day. Oil arbasa means the night of our arbasa. When we do b'tikas kham, it's not the day, the night of our arbasa. So the question is, you have to make it so complicated. You couldn't just write leil arbasa. You have to write oil and then this tafim of Gemara. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says the Tana wanted to use uh, 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 a, 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 a nice losh. The question is, leil is such a bad word. Night. The Rishonim say, Pesach When you open your words, it should be with oir. The Meiri says, Pesach Alpinister, it's very, very important. Because the worst thing that can happen by Bdikas chametz is, you don't have eir The worst thing that can happen when I go into my night, I go into my darkness and I go into my holes and my crevices and my cracks to search for my chametz is, that it's done without ur. It's done with a sense of gloom and darkness and depression. Because then what happens is, it often gets reinforced. That's what he says. You need to have the neid Hashem nishmas adam. the ur. That's why he starts with ur larbasa. Even though ur means night. It's taka with night. It's taka done at night. You don't have to search for it by day. If you didn't do it at night, you do it by day, obviously. But the B'dikr's chametz is at night. But it's always done with er. It's easy to be done with fear and with a sense of gloom. How horrible I am. That's also a coping mechanism. You know, we explained in earlier classes, class number two and other classes, that today we know in the world of trauma, there's a sense of complete isolation. You're detached from the world. And that's the ultimate definition of yeshus. People used to translate Yeshus as arrogance. But that's not what Yeshus means. Yeshus means you're alone. You're broken off from the source. And therefore you have to become a something outside of the real something. I have to substitute it. That's what it is. It can come out in insecurity. It can come out in arrogance. It can come out in a crazy ego of narcissism. It can come out in a person who feels like a doormat. It can come out in mental illness. It can come out in complete, complete no boundaries. It can come out in complete detachment from everybody. It can come out begasses, it can come out bedakas, like we said. But the Nikudah is isolation. I'm in an isolated spot. Isolated. Really isolated. And therefore I have to create a new existence to cope in my isolation. You is what I'm saying. So that, if that isolation is fueling the B'dikas Chomets, I'm not going to find any Chomets. The B'dikas Chomets itself is Chomets. It's like using the Chomets to find Chomets. You can't use Chomets to find Chomets. Of course. We give up because there's no, no light at the end of the tunnel. Or as somebody once told me, Rabbi Why there may be a light at the end of the tunnel, but I can't find the tunnel. Well, the tunnel or the tunnel is too deep. Or there's actually no light at the end of the tunnel. So that's why Erlar Basar means the light has to be in the beginning of the tunnel. Not at the end of the tunnel. Before you go into the tunnel, you need to have a candle. Then you can go into a tunnel. If not, don't go into the tunnel. Because it's dark there. Can- the candle is the truth of the neshama, that it's a chelik alekami ma'al mamash. Neir Hashem nishmas the neshama, the candle is the light of Hashem that burns in every person. That candle is divine. That's infinite. It's holy. It's sacred. It's beautiful. It's perfect. It's splendid. It's graceful. It's undamaged, untarnished. And it's whole. It's part of the whole. It's in a state of bital. The neshama is in a state of... What does bittal mean? Alignment with the Ein soif. It's always in dvekas with the Ein soif. So with the night light of the neshama, I want to search and see where I feel so broken, and how I could bring wholeness into that rupture, because we're all ruptured. You know, what we're learning here is the trauma doesn't begin because of a certain event in life. It can intensify. It begins with creation. We're going to see that the second half of the Miami. It begins with creation. There's a rupture in creation. It's not like... You know, sometimes people get into this delusion we're all supposed to be whole and then there's a few crazy people that are broken. That's not how life works. Life breaks all people. And then some of us learn how to live in broken places better than others. The question is not if I'm broken. The question is not if I have a rupture. The question is if I know how to bring oneness into the rupture. If I know how to bring oneness into that place. That's what B'dikas chametz means. With the candle you go and you search. And you know the candle is very edel. It doesn't come with koilus and Brachim. It's not like intense light. You know like the headlights of a car. A candle has a very gentle glow. It's very important. Because when you're doing B'dikas chametz, it has to always be with gentleness. Not with uh, intense pressure which causes more chum, it's more anxiety, always with gentleness. Not a shalhevis. the Gemara says in Psachem, not to use a shalhevis, to use a nair. By havdalah you can use a shalhevis. <laughs> Once you're in Shabbos, and you want to create the border with Shabbos, you can use a shalheves. But When you're trying to find the chum, it's always with a gentle flame. Because if I come with a, with an army, with troops, you know, with headlights, you know, like the deer, you ever see the deer? What do they call it? The deer, uh, what's the expression in English? The deer in the headlights? You freeze, you freeze, more pressure. You, You start screaming at yourself, you freeze, you have to be gentle. Why do you have to be gentle? Because the source of the yeshes, if I'm not gentle, the yeshes become stronger. Because I feel more isolated, I feel more condemned, I feel more detached. So I become even more, I may not show it to you, but deep down, I become even more dejected. So it always has to be done with gentleness, with ahava. You don't communicate bitl through yeshus. You communicate bitl through bittel. So that's the idea of the Neir Hashem Nishmos The was Vastutzach. Lim tzoy kol chel I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said over that he heard from his father-in-law once. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, when uh, you go to a doctor's office in the hospital, they sometimes uh, give injections or needles, they take blood. So the most important thing we know today is how clean the instruments have to be. The doctor, first of all, washes his hands in the morning and puts on gloves and makes sure there's no germs, And the needles and everybody that touches it, everyone has to sterilize and completely clean themselves. Why? Why? Give a needle, give a needle. Because sometimes in the past of history there were tremendous amounts of casualties because the instruments that were used or the doctors that were treating patients, I don't know if you know, but there was a whole mice in Vienna in the 1800s One of five women who was giving birth was dying. Dr. Semmelweis figured out because the doctors are killing them. Because the doctors were coming from autopsies to giving births. So they were responsible for all the deaths. It's a crazy story that happened in the 1800s. They put him in a mental institution because other doctors didn't like him. And then a few decades later, they realized he was right. That the doctors have to clean their, their hands. What's the problem? The problem is like this. I'm trying to treat a person who's sick. The problem is the needle is not clean. My hands are not clean. So I'm handling the person who's sick. The person now gets sicker. Who do I blame? I blame the person. No, it's me. (laughs) The doctor who was healing, he's the one who made him more sick. So the Yisoy is: you want to use a needle? Maybe, but make sure that that needle is not contaminated. Make sure your hands are clean. Completely sterilized. Completely purified. What does this mean? This means when you're doing B'dikus chametz on somebody else, the first thing you have to make sure is that your needles and your hands are very, very clean. Because if they are themselves not clean, so then that's what's making the person much more sick. We blame the patient, it's the doctor who did it. So this is very important in Ruchnius. In Ruchnius. You cannot do Bdikas with dirty hands. <laughs> My hands have to be clean, so you need to have the neir Hashem Nishmasad. You're giving Musa to people, right? You're giving mussa to your children. You're giving Musa to your friend. You're giving mussa to, even you're giving Mussa to yourself. But if my hands are not clean, my needles are not really, really purified, then that could be the cause of the damage. This is hard work. Because now I have to look into myself. What needles am I using? I blame you. Eh, he's not ready. He has infections. He doesn't have infections. You have infection. You have to sterilize the needle in fire. That's how you sterilize a needle. You put it in fire. Or they put the hands. They put the hands through chemicals and detergents and soaps that clean out the the the, the dirt there. You can look it up. Doctor Semmelweis was his name. In Vienna, it was a famous story in the 1800s. A crazy story. Thousands and thousands of women were dying after childbirth. Yeah. And they couldn't figure out why. And he started to say it's the doctors doing it. The doctors are killing them. The doctors went crazy. They said, I'm a sugar. They put him in a base machine. You ever read the story? A crazy story. This was in in in, in, uh, in Vienna. 1845, 1855. Those that zip code. You remember Nachemi when it happened? Yeah, Louis Louis to Then a few decades later, he became uh, completely vindicated. But be they put him in the basement because he was challenging the doctors. And the Rebbe's father chaired that the Rebbe. So the Rebbe once said over that he heard from his father-in-law. He once went to a medical uh, medical place, and he was saying that he was he saw how much they were sterilizing their needles and cleaning up, and he realized that in Avodah when you're, when you're going to put a needle into somebody else, just make sure, <laughs> make sure that needle is very clean, because if it has my own yeshits, my own insecurity, then actually, not only will I not help the person, I'm going to give them over my own disease, and they're going to blame themselves. They don't want to say their doctor is... Uh... It's also, it's a very deep thing. You have a therapist who's not worked out, yeah? So his own problems he puts on his patients. You'll forgive me, I have a rabbi, yeah, who's not a worked out person. Or a mashpia, his own problems he puts on the other people. It's a very dangerous thing. We all have problems. Nobody's perfect. No rabbi, no therapist. But you have to be aware. You have to be at least self-aware to some degree. You said I have my own needles. They're dirty. Yeah. So I I, I pass them on. It's really my issues that I put onto you, and then you become an object in somebody else's unresolved uh, anxiety or guilt or whatever it is. Make sense? Huh? <laughs> they say musr is an injection. Musr is an injection. And before you give an injection, make sure you give yourself an injection. <laughs> That's why the Baal said, it says in Parshish G'day Shem, <speaking> Why twice? <speaking> rebuke, you should rebuke. So the Baal said, it's a beautiful vart. It's not just a vart, it's a way of living. <speaking> Rebuke. But before that, there's one more person you have to rebuke. Yourself. Meaning, before I speak to you, I have to always speak to me. This is self-awareness. So there's people plots. they scream at their kids. They go crazy at their children. Whether they scream or they speak nicely. But before you speak, great. But just look into what's happening here. Where is it coming from? If it's coming from anger and disassociation and and you just frustrate the living daylights out of me, it's gonna sound very musurdic and maybe very holy. But I need I need help. Which is fine. Which is fine. But before that, You want to use a needle? Maybe. But let's sterilize it. Let's get the fire going. That's not so easy. <laughs> It's easier to put the needle into you than to put it into me, right? I'm a doctor, I don't need needles. That's what he said. You need Why churim? Because sometimes it's in holes, it's in crevices. <laughs> to find the parts. Sometimes it's a part. <laughs> Because this stops a person from real Avedis Hashem, from celebration of Avedis Hashem. When a person is in a state of bittle, you're in a place of achdos, of oneness, with yourself, with others, with HaKadosh Baruch. Hu. And I'm not refining my Midas, I'm living in, in, in Lala land. I live like in a fake world. And to do bir, Hametz. This Bdikis Hametz and there's bir. You search. And then you could get rid of. If you don't search, you can't get rid of. The chametz is there. Pesach comes. There's no beer. There's you need b'dikah for beer. The purpose is not b'dikah. The purpose is beer. The brach is not shakshanu with zivano al is chametz. The brach is shakshanu with al beer chametz. But you can't do beer. You can't eliminate without examination, without awareness. If there's no awareness, there's no beer. So it's a beautiful concept here. <coughs> getting ready for Pesach already. You have to get ready for Pesach. You always have to get ready for Pesach. It's Mitzrayim is every day. Be chametz can't happen without B'dika's chametz. If there's no awareness, B'dika means awareness, right? You bring a candle and you shine a light. But which light? Not the light of negativity. The light of your Neshama. It's the Neshama, you have to shine a light because this is the Klal. Whenever you want to shine a light on trauma... You always have to shine the light of your soul. You have to always bring the light of your soul and shine it. And then you see, I don't have to be so lonely. I don't have to be so broken. When you shine the light of your soul on it, you see your options. You see your potential. You see the magnitude of who you are. And then you could make choices. And then you could do beer chametz. It's It's very hard to use that light because... What's What usually happens, you're saying, why is it so hard to use that light? Because what happens is that when I'm in an isolated place, I don't know about that light. So even if I'm judging myself and doing my B'dikus khamats it's not with that light. It's part of my isolation. It's the other light I'm using. I'm using my darkness to judge darkness. The problem is when you use darkness to judge darkness, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up dark. It's like I'm using the needle, the dirty needle that's filled with, uh, filled with germs, right? <laughs> to clean up the other person. But the very needle is the problem. It comes to my skin and it brings the germs into my skin. Now it intensifies the infection. Rahmanul islam <laughs> So psychologically it's also true. The needle has to be very clean, very pure. And then it feels good, it, it brings something sweet in. Yeah, one second, yeah. Why, is it so hard to to that light? Why it's hard to connect to that light? It's hard to connect to that light. Huh? It's sometimes hard to connect to that light for, for a few reasons. First of all, I may not know about it. Second of all, I may know about it, but I may not believe in it. Right? Third of all, I may not want to believe in it. Because if I believe in it then I could take I have to take I take take responsibility and there's growth. You know, if I don't believe in it <laughs> if I'm messed up, there's a lot of good things about being messed up, you know, right? Huh? Or internalize the life. Internalize it. If I'm messed up, it's the best excuse in the world. I'm messed up. <laughs> there was a famous Yiddish humorist. They called him Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem today is not very well known, but Shalom Aleichem in the previous generation was considered one of the greatest Yiddishisten. And he wrote, ah? Uh, was like a Pushkin for Russians. Right. For Pushkin was for Russians, Shalom Aleichem was for many people in the Jewish world. He grew up in a shtetl, in a kehilla. He himself left, uh, like so many of that generation, he left Yiddishkeit. He was very, very funny. He died here in New York. He's buried not far from here. So, uh, uh, I grew up in a house of Yiddishists, and a lot of Yiddishists. So, uh, <laughs> my father worked in the Yiddish press. So there were a lot of Yiddishists, and they were very into Shalom Aleichem. So, Shalom Aleichem has a story. So, the title is, if I'm not mistaken, "Mid is Gut Ich bin which means "My life is great because I'm an orphan." And basically, the story is. How all the children were being disciplined by their father and this one got a smack and this one was thrown out. And he would finish every part. Mir is good, ich bin ayasim. My life is perfect, I'm an orphan. <laughs> he was bringing out you know, the sadness of the shtetl where sometimes being an orphan becomes the greatest asset in life. You understand what I'm saying? It's very true emotionally too. Sometimes, you know, mir is good, ich bin know, I'm messed up, life is perfect. I'm messed up. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be careful with that. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know that it's... Uh, you're asking me a little bit of a technical question. It's a good question. But I don't have an answer what you should do. I think this is... It's all about awareness. But was <laughs> Maybe that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said that the Raga Chovegon once said, "A Yiddish Krechts is chuva Ilah. A Yiddish Krechts is Choveh Ilah. A Jewish sigh. You know what a Krechts is? What he just did. A Zifts." <laughs> He said, "Is the highest level of chuva. What's pshat?" He loved saying it over from the ruchachov. What's pshat? I'll tell you what's pshat. The way I understand it, we always think what's tshuva. Tshuva is I'm bad and I have to repent. So the rakachuva was saying, "No, no, you have to understand. That's not what tshuva always is. Sometimes the deepest level of tshuva is the sigh. Why? Because if you understand the yitzhahara as a yitzhahara that really comes from." a person being broken, so then the sigh is the greatest level of tshuva. Because the greatest level of tshuva is that awareness of a person. So that's what it's really about. The person becomes aware, and you learn, and you daven, and you connect to people. So we go into a place of growth. It's a growth mindset. Okay, I just want to go another five minutes. I know it's late. I want to go another five minutes. <laughs> because sinas <laughs> chinam is the klal. It's not a prat. It's the klal, and it's the source for all the midrasayos. Every midra, which means every midra that we say. Is not a Gashmaka Mida. It's not a productive Mida. It's not a divine Mida. You'll see it's rooted in my sense of separateness, which is a beautiful idea because usually you say, you have a bad Mida. No, no, you don't have a bad Mida. <laughs> You're essentially broken. So, but maybe you have a bad Mida. It's very important that there's a cloud. there's a source for it. And you go back to the source. Don't only look at the symptoms. And there, that's where Sinas Chinam lives. That's where hatred lives. Because broken people live in separation and isolation. And when you come into my life, I'm threatened by you. Relationships are very hard. Respect is very hard. Anxious attachment, avoidant attachment. Today in the world of psychology, it's very well known that kids who as children did not develop healthy attachment with their primary caregivers when they grow up. Their attachment with people, adults, is very wounded with their spouses, with their friends, with their own children. Avoidant attachment, I avoid you. Anxious attachment, on and off. Complete no attachment, I don't trust. So even when we're close, I'm going to pull away. (laughs) And if we get closer, I'll pull away even more. Right, so you say this person is selfish. He's not selfish, he's frightened. Very, very big difference. He's not selfish, he's frightened. He doesn't know, but he's frightened. So... That's where Sinas Chinam lives. Sinas Chinam lives in that isolation. So you're, you're a big threat for me, and therefore I don't hate you because of what you did. I hate you because I have to hate you. <laughs> I don't have a choice. For me to survive, I have to hate you. If I love you, I won't be able to survive. It's too dangerous. I may have to come out of my hibernation, and that's not good. There's somebody waiting to shoot the beer when it comes out of hibernation. You're taifis. So it's a klal, it's a mucker. So this needs good searching and it needs a beer. So he says you midyan. We now come back to summarize this is the clipper, the shell of Midyan. And the word the key word here is clippus. Always when you use the word clipper what does it mean? It's covering over something. There's something inside that it's covering. Which means Midyan is a shell. Lush and mother in Umiriva, it comes from the term which means strife, quarrelling Umivaiva is fighting disputes, like Maimiiva.. It represents separation and division. That's the key. Midian thrives on separation and division. If we can be separated, we're good, we're healthy. Midian needs separation, it needs separateness. You understand what that means emotionally? Emotionally it means being one with you is too dangerous. I need to be separate. Separation is the way to go. That's my coping mechanism. That's my survival skill. Mm-hmm. Huh? You say angeret. Angeret is a little bit of a sensitive word. Angeret sounds like it's a chalem shechalmu achedim alachedim <laughs> alachedim. But I could live my whole life with this Eind Ad Nish. <laughs> so when you say it's, it's it, the clip of Midian could be a shell that covers over and it defines me. I have no access to anything else. So you have to realize how real it can be. It's, it could be very real, it's not a fake thing. and that's what sinas is. I go to a place of separateness. And that's why Midyan Moshe says it's Nikmas Havaya. It's the antithesis of Yutke Vavke of Hashem because the definition of Elikus is Yichud and Eskalalos. One is integration, synthesis, everything coming together, because Hashem is Hashem Echad. Hashem is the source of everything. So in Hashem, there's always achto sapshuta. So even in a world of diversity, you find the unity, the oneness, the connection. The antithesis of Hashem is isolation and strife. The definition of a is, there's oneness, there's unity, there's connectivity. There's bringing oneness back into the ruptures of life, into the brokenness of life. All the clippers are against this, because Klippa means it's a husk, it covers over, but Midyan is the direct menaget. Sometimes you have other Midyans, they're all oppositional, but Midyan is the direct, the direct opposition. And in that sense, it's more painful. It's worse than the seven nations, Shena Zayin, Midas, Royas Kemoi Kas, Gaiva. is addiction. Kas is anger, Ritzicha is murderous instincts, Gaiva's is arrogance. They are not rosy midos. None of them. Really? How can medium be words? I'll tell you one. Each one is a blemish. A blemish is one of the letters of Vovke. Why? You say what? Taiva? Kas, Gaiva? Come on. So it's very, what we're saying is very powerful. When somebody, yeah, is is a murderous person, somebody is an addict, somebody is a crazy narcissist, Balgaiva, again, in extreme ways, not in extreme ways, you could just look and say, wow, this person is evil, this person is bad. But that's a very superficial way of looking at it. It's a part in a person, but you have to be able to trace it back to the whole person. And if you'll trace it back to the whole person, you'll see the taiva, the gaive. that's a prat. It's the way they're coping in life in order to be able to feel that they could survive and they have some control. If you'll go back, you're going to see the brokenness that happened at its, in, in a very deep place. person is living in a shell. They're not connected to all of themselves. There's a part of their core that's in exile in the clipper. It's in Gullus and the Clipper. So disidentification, this, this is now where psychology is coming at. Literally, these words. One of the big systems that are very popular now is called IFS, Internal Family System. A Jewish guy, Dick Schwartz, Richard Schwartz, he published a book now. It's called No Bad Parts. <laughs> What's his theory? His theory is that even the worst parts in people are not bad, they're all there, to, in his mind, to protect him from something that's very dangerous. That if, they don't, if they're not there, if they're, if they're not protectors, you're going to destroy yourself. Ah, it's a terrible middah. It's a terrible middah. But in their mind, they developed just to protect you. That's fascinating. That means it's only a prat. And if you go back to the cloud, you'll see it's a whole different story. That's why he says, the Zion and I'm not rosy but that's not in the Nikud. it's one share, it's one letter of shemavaya the all the surim of torah 365 Avedis, the torah says in emmer somebody who curses so the title of Noikav comes the word nekiv, which means you perforate, you make a hole. which Wow. means you make a hole in <laughs> It Says when a Jew transgresses one of the three hundred and sixty-five leisasa since you're connected to Havaya, so it's like perforating Shema Havaya, and like, it's like making a person perforates and the blood comes out. So if blood comes out, it can weaken the whole body, but it's still one detail. It's one prat. Midyan The clip of Midyan is the sense of separateness, which is a sense of isolation. I'm completely detached, which is the ultimate brokenness. I'm divided. What am I divided in? The truth is I'm part of oneness. But in Midyan means I'm not one. I'm separate. I'm broken. I'm detached. I'm splintered into pieces. So here the general core of Havaya, which is Achdus, is not experienced in me. I'm disaligned with that. I'm blemished. I'm in dis- that. That connection that alignment is, is, is ruptured, is is challenged. And that's why to fix Klipas Midian is more difficult, because you're actually going to a deeper place inside, and you're dealing with the whole makeup, you're dealing with a klal. Whenever you want to fix a klal, it's harder than fixing a prat. You know, if you come into a business... You fix one detail. Okay, let's fire him. <laughs> if you want to fix the structure, it's much more difficult. You have to go much deeper. You have to put in more time. We could see this the proof. Masha Gimel, Masha Golus. Very good. golus richin, Shaya Lavanis Chamerim Aved Zonigilah Shvichdom Hayirak Shana. We see Chazal say that the first gullus, the Babylonian exile, the first korban, happened primarily because of three cardinal sins idolatry, adultery, and violence, murder. Gemara says in Yuma, and it lasted 70 years. In 70 years, they managed to repair at least many of those blemishes. The second last golos, Chazal say, is because of hatred, discord, contention, strife. And he says, and it's continuing for more than 1800 years. What happened? 70 years, and now it's more than 1800 years. This is when the Maimah was said. Now it's already more than 1,900 years. 1,952 years to be exact. If you look at the khurban in the year 70, yeah, the year 70 it could have been 68, 69 different opinions, 1,952 years. He says, why? I don't understand. The answer is because the Begam is Beklahless. It reaches... A place of klal. It reaches a place of, of a core, like DNA. So we have to heal, not a detail, we have to heal the core. And the core is that I'm separate. When you speak here about gullus, it's not just the physical gullus of klal Yisrael, it's the emotional gullus of people. What does gullus mean? The word gullus is the best word for this. Gullus means exile. What does it mean exile? What's an exile? If you take a king and you put him in exile. He's completely confined and, and subjugated like a person in prison. So when the nekudah of Ain Saif of a person is in exile, in a clip, in a shell of Midian, it's completely eclipsed. So he says, mm-hmm. That's why Moshe says that the war against Midian is the Nikamah of Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> This explains why the war had to happen through Moshe. Hashem said, you can't pass away before this. It's not just afterwards you'll die. Now you're alive, you do it. You see from the Pasuk and Mata is that this had to be done through Moshe. Moshe is the paradigm of Bittel and Achdos. Bittel Atsme. Bittel means the Bittel was at his core. use is as we will explain. So Moshe is the one that empowers the souls of the Jewish people to combat Midian and to eliminate. Moshe had to nominate the troops. And this finally answers the question, if you remember, was the wrong word. Hei Cholzu means all of you should mobilize to war. But then he says it's only 1,000 per tribe. Only 12,000 people went to war. Most didn't. So he should have said, Yei me itcham. He says, hey Cholzu, all of you should mobilize from you. So he says, no. Because shei yub'chines his Everybody got to go deal with Midian. It's not the 12,000 soldiers. 12,000 soldiers will go fight the physical war. But this reality of confronting isolation, loneliness, brokenness, separateness, this everyone has to deal with. And everybody needs to be united. Hey, Chaltzu. If 12,000 people are separated from the other people, then you have Midian in your midst. They all have to become united, they all have to be together. Hey, yilcham Hashem B'Midian. And then some can actually go do the war. But that's why he says, hey, chaltzu. This is something that all of Klal Yisrael needs to do together. Because the moment it becomes about me versus you, then we're again back into the Midian space. Whenever you're living in a relationship and it's me or you or me or you, you know, sometimes in marriages it's like, you do this, I do this, I did this. It's like like a color war. You know, scoring points. You did this yesterday, I'll do this. It's like, (laughs) it's you versus me. So even if you get it right this time, it's going to work, but the conception is wrong. You're not in a place of hecholzu; <laughs> you're in a place of 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 isolation. So the concept is you're going to be feeding Midian. That's why hecholzu <laughs> is something. It's about everybody. It's not you versus me. You understand the word? This is a very uh, powerful insight into life. Sometimes you sit down and it's right away. Well, you you do this. I'll do this. Yeah. We're already in the wrong place. <laughs> We're in the wrong zone. It's, based, it's predicated on the premise of separation. I don't trust you, you don't trust me. Now let's figure out the best way of not trusting each other. <laughs> how do we not trust each other in a civil way? Which sometimes is what we do. You know, as you have nations sitting down for peace talks. It's like, you know, how do I backstab you in the best way? With a smile. They say a diplomat is somebody who sends you to hell but makes you look forward to the journey. That's the definition of a diplomat. That's his chush. So then you're already not in this place. It's sitting down with a real understanding of hei all of us. And then we can get to this place of finding a deeper core. We have here a marriage therapist, so couples come in. We have more than one. So couples come in, right? The hardest thing, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not a therapist, but if I'm not mistaken, you'll correct me. The individual therapy is important, but the hardest thing is the Midian. Two people sit down, they just don't trust each other. I think you want to put a knife in my back, you think I want to put a knife in your back. Whether it's a physical knife or an emotional knife, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we're not on the same team, we're broken. Yeah, it comes out in a thousand different stories and a million details and a hundred proofs and a a million proofs. It's going to come out. But this core, it's not you're together. You're not together. If we're really together, you already fixed a lot of the issue. Because now we have to figure out how to be together. Okay, that's good. The problem is I don't believe we're together anymore. You have it in for me. I need Okay. Huh? Right? That's the issue. To get to that place is not so simple. Because it's not... It's it's cha- it's opening them up to a place of a rather, pirut. The Edelkeit von Chassidus. It's not a detail. Take out the garbage. Yeah, you should take out the garbage. It's a good thing. I'm pro taking out the garbage. You should make your bed also a good thing. Make your own breakfast while you're at it. If you could do lunch and dinner, it's not good laundry we, you'll figure out by the therapist but it's not the detail details are sometimes important what do they say the devil is in the details right but it's not, it's not sometimes people get caught up with the details he did this, he didn't do this Shabbos this, Yom this how do we bring the people into a place of Achdos from pirud into Achdos to see that you're connected you're together that comes from trust, but I don't trust you anymore. So I go into isolation. Now already I already have a thousand stories to support it. But the key story is, the key story is Midian, Pirud. So you say, but he's a Baltaive, he's a Balgaive, he's a Itzeach, he gets angry. Right, it's very easy to go there. My husband's temper, my wife's temper, my husband's Taive, so he's always on his phone. You have to see him when he gets angry. You have to see when he has tivers. You have to, there's You can go there, and it's important to address that. But what he's saying is could you go to Midian? And the piece of Midian, that's a different piece. That's not a piece, that's the piece. <laughs> you have a piece and you have the piece. <laughs> All everything else is, is pieces, important pieces. But the piece, the pieces my Taiva, my kaas, my tzichah, my geiva, all my beautiful middas essentially are, are have developed in order to protect and justify my sense of separateness, of isolation, of loneliness, of brokenness, of the fact that I am truly alone in the world, disconnected from everybody and everything because I cannot experience myself for who I really am, which is a derivative of divine infinite consciousness. The Olam is typhus Abyssal. Huh? So Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who needs to do this, because as he will explain later, Moshe embodies in Klal Yisrael this Nakud of Bittl and Achthus. This was Moshe's uniqueness. And we all need power to do this. We can't do this on our own. We need to do it together and we need to be empowered. And that's the power of Moshe. Hashem says, this is your thing. Klipas Midian. Moshe Moshe himself didn't go to the war. He sent Pinchas. But Moshe is the one who appointed everybody. Well, you know, Moshe ran away from Egypt. Where did Moshe run to? Midian. (laughs) So Moshe dealt with Midian. And his father in law was Kayan Midian. He was the priest of Midian. So Moshe knew very well. Moshe knew about Midian before everybody else. <laughs> he had a lot of experience. He even took a girl from there. So he married. He married into Midian. So he knew exactly what's happening, huh? And children in Midian. I'm saying Moshe was, uh, in fact, Rashi brings from the Medrash that the reason Balak hired Bilam, who came from Midian, is because he said their leader grew up in Midian. So we have to ask the Zikne Midian, what's the secret? They know where he comes from. You know, he grew up in Midian. So that's why the Zikne Midian came to, to, to Bilam. Where did Midian come in? It was Balak, he was from Mo'yav, Malik Mo'yav. So the Mechazal say, because they wanted to know the secret. So Moshe had a lot of experience with them. Bezer Hashem will continue tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, 7.45 a.m., and 9.30 tomorrow morning is a women's class right here. Please tell your wives or daughters. Everybody have a beautiful day. What so what was the, medians, the real Midah that we can point out? Is it Sinas yeah. yeah. The, the Nikudah of Midian is Sinas Khinom. The of Sinas Khinom, though, is, is yeshes. In other words, that I, I create a substitute identity what we call today a coping mechanism, a substitute identity, to compensate for the void of not appreciating my true identity, which is part of infinite oneness. Right, but what did Midian do that manifested oh, what, what is Oh, the... I think in Midian you see uh, sexual addiction. And why is that so? Bneus Midian. Well, I think it's it's a search for fake relationships. And uh, of media... Promiscuity is really that... I think uh, crazy promiscuity is... It's, it's fake connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on the surface, it looks like uh, love and peace. Yeah. And that's- Why are people addicted to uh, pornography? They're looking for relationships, but completely not real ones, on their terms... My own fantasy world. I don't have to really connect to people. It's a very sad place to be. Their marriages are on the rocks. Or they're just lonely, even if they're not married, so therefore I go to all these places to stimulate that need for connection. So media knew that? Media believed that? Apparently they knew, it, and their Avoidazar was also Baalpa'ir. Baalpa'ir is you defecate. Like we learned on Shabbos, the idea of Balpa'ir is That you really, uh, you know, you create a substitute reality. The excrement of reality, which has to be evacuated, becomes your god. Which is a very, very strange concept. I've never seen a culture of that. That's the culture of Midyam. And you see that uh, they came close to... uh, to destroying the Jewish people. They came closer than many others. through so that uh, addictions. Yeah, first of all, the idea of Bilaam. You know, they got Bilaam to uh, try to curse them, like completely eliminate them. <laughs> they somehow had this plan. Okay, that was transformed. But then with the girls of Midian and the Havadizara of Midian, they were uh, very successful. It's mm-hmm. so, the attraction. You need a Jewish wife, bro. Robert, well, i is a medium, the, Yeah. I thought the robe of the women You think that were a No, it says Benois Smidian. No, and and they brought Moav also. Yeah. They brought love. So in terms of numbers, I thought I learned maybe incorrectly that robe of the girls were not median to a mother Is that true or not? I don't know. Cosby, Cosby, uh, was, was Cosby was Midian. She was the princess, right? Yeah. Her father was Tsur. Yeah. Rosh base of. Yeah. He was one of the kings of Midian. There were five uh, tribe uh, leaders, and he was one of them. And Cosby, and Cosby was together with Zimri, who was the leader of, of Shevet Shimon. Shimon yeah. yeah. And this was Bilam's idea. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin... That Billam said, elu if you really want to get God, promiscuity is the way to go. Znus, adultery. That's the way to go. Complete promiscuity in relationships, that's where you'll 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 get God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sinish is the first time. <laughs> that that Nikuda <means. laughs> is already related to the uh, one of the cardinal sins, sins of the first person which is adultery because, yeah because how, is, uh, how is that it's more refined than adultery right so I'm saying adultery is 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 a manifestation that's the point. The person who's adulterous, it's a manifestation. The core of sinas chinam, that's already the, that's on the atzmius level, on the DNA level. Yeah. The, the shodish, the mocker, the clown. I'm just saying by them, it looks like the desnus was a, was a result. But it's a result, it's a derivative. It's a manifestation, it's not the nakuda. The Nikuda of Midian is in the name, Mader Nikmas Hashem midian Where was expressed in the in the country itself? I don't know, you have to learn more it's about Midian. I don't know. It says in Zohar that Matan Teire couldn't happen. His wife, his, his, shver. his Shver. And it says in Zohar that Matan Teire couldn't happen until Yisra came. Yisra had to say, Atayadati ki gadu Hashem only then could it be Matan Teire. It says in Zohar, Yisra is Yisra in ha'or minachayshech. So the advantage, the the addition in light that came from the transformation. So somehow Midian had to be uh, the, in the beginning. Midian had to be transformed.